Have you ever had a dream you had to give up on? You know, I think one of the, the, the classic examples um, is uh, when high school students who are athletes and, and, and they're, they're really good for their school, but um, they're not going to make it to that next level. Or, or maybe, you know, the many kids that, that play in the, uh, the NCAA and, and they're, they're really, they're, they're the cream of the crop, but uh, they're really not quite good enough to be pros. Or maybe they get injured and maybe they were good enough and they got injured and, and then that dream gets lost. Or, 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 or maybe, maybe it's the person who thought they would be a community leader, a, a great politician, but the votes just didn't come. Or, or, or maybe, you know, I think about like when you work in a career and, and you thought your career would take you to different places than where you are. You didn't get the breaks. You, you, you didn't, boy, maybe you didn't have the skills. That's, that's a painful one, isn't it? Or the opportunities just never materialized. Those experiences can be very painful. Well, Zechariah, whom we read about in our, our gospel lesson, he had a dream with his wife, Elizabeth. They dreamed they would be parents. And it just, it just never happened. That's a pretty painful dream to give up, isn't it? Think of the vast sums of money that people spend in our nation on fertility treatments. These treatments can cost anywhere from $500 a month well into the multiple thousands so that they can have a child. Well, I mean, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they, they didn't have that, that opportunity before them. That was not an option for them. They prayed. They tried. They grieved. They gave up. And it wasn't that their life was bad. You know, I mean, it, it seems as you read through the, the, the Bible there, the little bit that we get, you know, that, that this is a couple that loved each other. You know, and, and Zechariah, he had some pretty impressive opportunities in his career. He was a priest. He was blessed to have the opportunity to lead worship in the temple. Not every priest got that opportunity. But they had this empty spot in their lives. Until God intervened. He answered their prayers. But not in the way that they ever expected or imagined. So Zechariah was working in the temple. And he's offering incense. This is, this is part of the prayers of God's people. It's a time where the people would come and they would pray. The priest goes in with incense. And it's not that the incense actually does anything, but it becomes symbolic. Okay, so the smoke from the incense rises up and, and it symbolizes the prayers of God's people rising up before him like a sweet smell in his nose. You know, that, that's, that's how we uh, envision our prayers with incense. That this is something that God goes, oh, I love it. And he's so happy to, to receive our prayers that this is something that, that is wonderful to him. 
and, and he's in there, and, and he's entered into the holy place, and there should be no one else there. You know, when he walks in, it should be completely empty. He should be the only person in there. But suddenly there's another. An angel of the Lord appeared. Have you ever been somewhere where you, you thought you were alone? You know, or maybe you're just so into your work, you didn't realize somebody walked into the room and said, gosh, you know, don't sneak up on me. Well, let me tell you, it's worse when it's an angel. I'm just, I'm just saying, everywhere that you read in the scriptures, an angel shows up, everybody gets terrified. You know, and, and this angel looks at Zechariah and says to him, do not be afraid, for your prayers have been heard. And I got to think that at this point, Zechariah is going, my prayer? What prayer? Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to bear a son. You will call his name John. This boy's going to be great. He's going to be someone who is very important for God's purposes. Uh, he will be like the prophet Elijah, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. And he's going to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Talk about a future. This is, this is heady stuff. This is amazing. This, the, the purpose for this child's life is it, it's, it's enormous. Zechariah should be rejoicing. He should be celebrating. He should be pumping his fist. God came through. But, but, Zechariah is an old man. And Elizabeth isn't young anymore either. And so doubt creeps in. How shall I know this? Zechariah wants a sign. He wants proof. He wants some kind of guarantee. Tuck this way for future reference. If an angel of the Lord ever appears to you and tells you that your most cherished prayer has been answered, don't ask for a sign. <laughs> you might get one. Because boy, oh boy, Zechariah got one. You could translate it roughly like this. Hey, bub, do you know who I am? I'm Gabriel. You can read about me in the book of Daniel. I pretty much stand in God's presence all the time. I don't usually do these gigs. But God sent me to you to bring you this piece of good news. And since you didn't believe my word, no. It's not that you didn't believe my word. You didn't believe God's word, which I spoke to you. Behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Okay, ladies, how long are we talking here? <laughs> Minimum nine months, right? Except that he's still on duty. And he's in Jerusalem, and Elizabeth's up in Nazareth. 
And so he's got to finish his duty completely mute and then go home. And so you're talking 40 weeks from conception, which some wives might be like, yes. (laughs) However, there he is, silent. There's a beautiful scene in the book of Job after he has been confronted by God. You see, Job wanted God to explain to him why these things had had taken place, why all these terrible things had happened to him. Because Job didn't deserve the things that happened to him. And God confronts Job in the middle of a whirlwind. It's a tornado. And, and, And he puts Job and his friends in their place. And Job Job says this, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I put my hand over my mouth. A modern translation of that might simply say, I'm going to shut up now. Silence and awe in the presence of the holy God the creator of heaven and earth is a mighty good gift. It is an act of faith to be still and to know God's power, majesty, his self-sufficiency, and then to believe that he has chosen to use all of that power on your behalf to redeem you to bless you to lead you in his paths Mm. have have we like Zechariah been promised something wonderful I mean maybe not a baby or Wealth or, or earthly blessings, but haven't we been promised forgiveness? Salvation? Resurrection from the dead? Everlasting life? Have we been promised hope in a future? Has Jesus promised, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age? Has he promised to pour out his spirit on us and that his spirit would lead us and teach us and comfort us? Or how about this one? This this one might, I, I have trouble wrapping my mind around this one. Jesus once said, truly, truly, that's amen, amen. I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. He's saying, all this work you saw me do in my ministry, you're going to do it too. Bringing the gospel to people. Bringing salvation to people. All of that stuff that he did, us. What's the sign? How do we know this is going to be? What's the proof? What is the guarantee? Well, in this case, I'll offer two. The manger and the cross. Christ born 
and Christ crucified for you. Because if God will do that, how will he not keep all those other promises? Zechariah wanted a sign, and he got a powerful lesson. Sometimes we just need to be silent and to follow where God leads. Sometimes we need to set aside our questions and trust what God says. Sometimes we need to lay aside our need for answers and simply follow in faith. Is that easy to do? No. No, it's not. So please don't think that I'm saying it is. But it is remarkable the way that God uses us when we step forward in faith and we follow him. When his spirit moves in us and he, he makes us obedient to do the things that he calls us to do. And when we live in the power of his spirit, when we go where he leads, we might find that he uses us to turn the hearts of, of children to their fathers. Because how powerful is it when reconciliation is worked in families so that children and their parents are, 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 are living in love and forgiveness together and mom and dad have forgiveness and their marriages are strong and the families are strong because they're rooted in Christ. When we follow, we might find that, that it turns the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. You know, to walk in, in God's ways, to walk by faith, to, to, to walk in the fear of the Lord, that's wisdom. That's how the just walk. How would it be if all people walked in God's ways, lived according to his will, would we have a better society? We might find that he uses us to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To receive him in faith. To know our Lord Jesus. And to experience his forgiveness. Amen.